you got to take care of your health because that does affect how you feel in your brain, inside of your own head, how you talk to yourself. No question. If you don't feel healthy, you don't feel like you don't feel like you're out of bed. You don't feel like working. You don't feel like eating. Hello, everyone. I'm Abhinav Jain, and this is the Real Abhinav Audio Experience. Welcome everyone to a very special episode. This is one of many episodes that I plan to record on site, traveling around the world, meeting people in person and recording at any given location. In this podcast, I intend to bring you insights from the top most performers, no matter what industry they're in. We talk about how they've done things differently to grow their minds and keep their physical and mental health in shape. My mission with this podcast is to help overwhelmed individuals learn ways to reduce their depression, anxiety, and live with peace and love. I just want to take a moment to thank our sponsors, Blossom Media Studio. Thank you so much for creating and distributing my podcast and taking away literally every single thing that's involved with podcasting so I can just spend the time to talk to my guests and create great episodes. Welcome everyone back to another episode of my podcast. Today I have Mr. Bob Schneider with me, who I have the pleasure of calling my neighbor. Can you guys guess his age? We're 57 years apart, Bob. You're, mm-hmm. you're 86 now, yes? Correct. Thank you for being here. How are you today? I'm hanging in there. He's hanging in there. You know what's crazy is Bob can do more pull-ups than me. That's the coolest part. <laughs> I can't do as many as you. I want to hear from you the secret of your youth, how you've, able to, you've been able to stay so healthy because so many people your age are not very healthy. They're taking a lot of medication. They're bedridden. Some of them can't really walk. What's the secret? Beginning of life, when my parents, my dad especially, instilled in me, hey, no smoking, no drinking. And he really pounded, I don't want to say pounded, but emphasized all the time. And I never did. Yeah. Uh, never smoked. Uh, I drink occasionally, like a glass of wine. Okay. Never been drunk in my life. Really? Like so many of my friends. Are you kidding me? It's 86 I, years, you've never been drunk never in your life? Never been drunk. Wow. That's hard to believe, but yeah. I believe you. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. So that's, is that the secret or is there more to it? Tell well, me. obviously, yeah. I mean, trying to stay healthy and eat healthy, um, but working out, in other words, keeping your body active. So I remember when we briefly talked before, you used to play a lot of different sports growing up. I mean, you're still growing up, but you played just about everything under the sun. You played lacrosse, you played football, you played baseball, I think, right? Ran track. We ran track. Golf. Oh my gosh, what else? Tennis. Tennis. Badminton. That's seven already. What else we got? Ping pong. Ping pong. I mean, that counts. <laughs> Table tennis, sure. Okay. T- t- I mean, it counts. That was always for fun. What, but that's so crazy. You've been playing all these sports your whole life, and that, I guess, kind of instills that whole, uh, we have to stay active to keep ourselves healthy at the end of the day. So what I want to know is, of course, it's important to exercise, but it's not just exercise. It's also diet. Absolutely. Right? Because I don't see you eating potato chips. And... Uh, eating candy all the time, and cake, and all the sugar and processed foods that most of us eat. So can you give us an idea of what your diet looks like? I eat um, twice a day. Okay. And the reason I eat twice a day is I'm never hungry, which is maybe why I stay so thin, if that's what you want to call it. I think that's something to do with it. Yes. And I generally alternate my meals. Um, Breakfast is an egg one day and oatmeal the next day as mm. the main course and then alternate 
eggs and oatmeal. And on uh, for dinner, it's generally chicken today. Okay. Beef tomorrow, fish tomorrow, back to chicken with salad every day, a big, huge salad. Big, huge salad. Yes, uh, cranberries, um, a small glass of wine yeah. for dinner. Uh, dessert, I do like sweets, so you, I do what have do you a like? Bit, Ice cream? Uh, no, I generally have um, turnovers, popovers, or something of that nature. Okay. Uh, I had a birthday cake the other day. I which, know, you just turned you, 86, which right. is amazing. So I finished that off the other day. Oh, uh, wow. That was some good carrot cake. I know yeah, you gave I agree. some. That was right. delicious. Yeah, so I think there's something of importance to be mentioned here. Like a lot of us today, it's glorified in our, in our culture to basically eat you know, for fun and, and to do it as an activity where you go and enjoy meals with other people. And that's kind of like become so overly popular that people don't watch what they eat. They will, if they can, they'll go out and eat every night of the week, right? So what do you think about that? Has that been any part of your life or you usually just cook at home? No, I very seldom do I eat out. Uh, either I cook at home, which is most of the time, or I visit my daughter mm -hmm. um, for family get-togethers on weekends, and then I eat whatever. And But she's also conscientious about getting good food. So you table. got good advice from your parents on how to be healthy, and you passed that down to your kids. I hope so, yes. That's fantastic. Yes. So it starts with the family at the end of the day. Yes. Good habits. Exactly. Oh, absolutely. Right. You've got to have some direction at the beginning of life, or you go out and you start drugs and all that nonsense, that's which so true. puts you in a, a really a bind. Yeah, yeah, that's that's very true. So, okay, so to recap, you, you have a very regimented meal schedule where you're eating pretty much the same thing throughout the week. Exactly. But alternating a little bit for variety. But don't you get tired of eating the same stuff? Don't you ever want to be like, I want to go and, you know, we're in Pacific Beach. We got hundreds of restaurants, right? We got the Italian places. We got burgers and pizzas and, right. and all this stuff. You don't, you don't have temptations? No. And again, as I said earlier, I don't eat because I'm hungry. I eat because I have to wow. survive. Yes. So you treat it as something that we need as fuel, not as something that you need for pleasure. Ex oh, absolutely. It's a necessity. In That's fact, a huge difference, right? Most people don't think about food that I way I understand. Anymore. That's crazy. Wow. And when I get ready to prepare my dinner or whatever, I, I, I'm saying to myself, oh, I've got to put this stuff on the, uh, in the, or on the skillet or I've got to put it in the microwave or something like that. And I, yeah. I say to myself, oh, it's not a chore, but I, I think of it as it's a waste of t not a waste of time. That's not the right word. It's why do I have to do this? But I have to do it because here I am. Yeah. If I want to survive, I've got to. Well, have you ever in your gone through periods in your life where you maybe got off of your meal plan, your diet, and kind of let yourself go a little bit? Has that happened before? Never. Really? Yes. My God, how do I be like you? I don't. It's an attitude, I guess, or I don't know if it's an attitude. Just, just um learning uh, as you progress that uh, yeah. you want to stay on the same regimen. And again, my dad always used to emphasize, if you want to stay healthy, no smoking and none of that stuff. And he mm -hmm. always, and, and guys, when I hung out, or when I was a youngster, uh, in the early teens, even in elementary school, guys were starting to smoke. And Nowadays, kids 13 years old are, are smoking marijuana. Isn't that, exactly. isn't that incredible? Yes, no, I agree. Um, I don't understand how that's gonna help them, but it is happening and they're not healthy. They can't do as many pull-ups as you, I'll tell you All that. All right. Well, here's my <laughs> aspect on, on marijuana or drugs yes, or liquor. When I've had more than enough, 
Uh, and it's only been twice in my life that I can I feel a little bit dizzy or a little bit out of control. And I say, hey, I don't want to be, I want to be in control all the time. Mm. Um, uh, yes, where if you're uh, with friends or again, girlfriends, especially if you're uh, having, enjoying your girlfriend, you want to be 100% you rather than, you know, Some I'm, doped up person. Exactly, yeah. yes. You don't want to be this, this other personality and then who are you then falling in love with? Exactly. Is it, is it with you yes. as the human or is right. it with the drugged version of you? Exactly. Right? That's a very good point. I like that. So when you used to go out on dates, and I know I'm about to bring up someone very special that you used to date back in the day. So when you would go out on dates, you're telling me you wouldn't indulge in uh, something outside of your meal plan? Um, sure. Um, when you say outside... Uh, but what I ordered normally was healthy foods, in other mm. words, at the restaurant, uh, but not as, as um, strict as it is today. Okay. In other words, uh, as a youngster, I didn't say, hey, I've got to you know, forget the beef and eat just chicken, but you know, I eat steaks and yeah. um, barbecue and high hamburgers and things like that. Uh, again, my metabolism is such that, and I, I'm lucky, people say, Bob, how do you stay so thin? Yeah. It has nothing to do with me. It's my parents, my genes. Part of it's genetics, of course. Oh, absolutely. Yes, yes. yes. The metabolism has stayed stayed well yes. for you. Because it's like for most people, when they're younger, they can get away with eating a little bit more unhealthy and they may not need to do as much activity. But there's no doubt that as you get older, your metabolism will slow down and you can't cheat on your diet as much because it's going to start storing even more body fat. Exactly. Right? Which is one of the main reasons is the diet is why we have disease. You know, I'm sure you've heard the word disease is dis-ease in the body, right? Right, And where is that coming from? It's coming from what you're putting in the body, right? Where else? So it's, it's good to see that that's really what the, what's brought you to be so healthy at your age. Because, you know, when I was in my teens, I started exercising. I started going to the gym. And at one point, the reason I started was because I wanted to develop better, health, healthier habits with myself because I wanted to make sure as I got older, I wasn't going to become obese and I wasn't going to have like diabetes or heart disease, things that I've run in my family, right, that I've seen. And I thought, okay, well, how can I counter some of that? Well, I have to take care of myself. And then going to the gym became almost like a ritual, a regimen at the time where every single day, every week, you, if you go, you have, you know, got to hit these body parts. And then once you've worked out, you got to make sure you give yourself the right fuel so you can recover and rest and do it over and over again, just sure. like an athlete. Right. Right. And I think that recipe has been around for hundreds of years, probably. But for some reason, less and less people believe in it. And, sure. I, and uh, here I have Bob sitting with me as a <laughs> testament to showcase what, what I'm just saying, but a lot more experience talking here. Right. So you've done that. I've got a quick favor to ask of you. If you've been enjoying this podcast, I'd really appreciate if you could take one minute of your time and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. It goes a long way, and I'd really, really, really appreciate it. If you've already done that, thank you again. Please share this episode with someone you know, a friend or family member. Download the episode or share the link, whatever works for you. Now let's get back to it. Yes, obviously, at uh, my advanced age, uh, you learn a lot. It's so crazy. You don't look 86 Ted's for me (laughs) at all. I don't know. You've just, you just aged really well. And I think part of it, you know how they say they have anti-aging like creams and anti-aging pills and all these fads, right? I think the real anti-aging solution is a good diet and exercise. Yes, I right? agree. Right? Like, and I can't tell you that, uh, you know, this is really reassuring in a way, kind of the philosophy that I have, 
which is that you know it is important because a lot of people today tend to spend a lot of time working. You know, they think work is very important, but they're like, I don't have enough time to take care of my health or eat healthy. What would you tell someone that had that kind of attitude about towards their health? Uh, variety. I mean, that is, yes, working is necessary for us to survive supposedly and, and live in this particular type of world where we can pay the rent, pay the utilities, pay the food. Yes. But uh, if it's working, well, that, that old saying, work and no play makes for a dull, a dull, a dull boy, a dull man, or a dull uh -huh. lady. Yes. Yeah, I can yes. see that. Yes. So you've, you've got to have a variety. It's just like with your food, you have to have a variety. You just can't eat meat only and not have the salads. No and vegetables. And, and yeah, fruits and vegetables. Yes, correct. Well, would you say, because there's people of the attitude that, oh, I don't have time to go to the gym. But the reality is, I think if, I don't think you go to the gym, but you work out from home. Yes. And how long do you exercise, would you say, a day? Uh, an hour. Okay. An hour, yes, an hour uh, lifting weights, doing pull-ups, doing push-ups, um, doing various things, walking, but in a, for sure a, a half hour, which is very regimented um, in the evenings in our neighborhood. So half an hour in the morning and half an hour in the evening, you're telling me? No, half an hour in the evening for my walk. In other for words, the walk. My, my walk. Cardiovascular. Yes. Okay. But my, my exercise with weights and push-ups and pull-ups, um, that's 15 minutes at the most. Wow. It doesn't take a lot because you, you really get your heart pounding with three or four pull-ups and a bunch of uh, arm exercises, yes. Well, there you have it, folks. I mean, we got weights right here to, to prove it to you, but the reality is you don't have to spend hours and hours if you're doing it consistently, you know, 30 minutes will get you results. Oh, absolutely. Followed by a good diet. I, yes. Right, I, you can't I, cut the diet. Exactly. That's, that's the part where I think most right. people really fail. Okay, well, I wanna change the topic a little bit about you. I wanna hear around uh, some of your background. When we met, I, I found out something fascinating about you, that you are a stud. Back in the day, you used to date Marilyn Monroe. Is that right? No. That's not right? Oh my gosh, I have the wrong information, you guys. No, uh, it, it, was, it was a Marilyn Monroe look-alike. Oh, dang it. Oh. Yes, remember, um, Marilyn is my age. Yeah. Or would have been, she's actually a couple of years older than me. She, I think she was born in 1930. Okay. So she would have been 91 today. Um, the picture you saw was actually, she was a dead ringer for Marilyn Monroe. Oh my gosh. At the time that picture was taken, I was 75, probably 10 years ago. So, so Marilyn was, uh, that Marilyn was a uh, 30 year old woman. That's hilarious. Yes. Oh man. But you've definitely had, uh, I've seen you, you used to really look very handsome uh, and not to say you're not handsome now, but I've seen you kind of uh, come up as an athletic male and you, you definitely were one. So I've seen, how has that influenced other parts of your life? Like keeping yourself mentally healthy and physically healthy you know, through, I mean, we're taking a history journey here. Like, how would you say had that has helped you in other areas of your life? Like, well, sports, uh, again, especially the team sports like football and baseball, but even uh, tennis and golf. In golf, you're not playing by yourself, you've got partners. Yes. So you're introducing yourself to people and people are introducing themselves to you. Yes. So there's, there's a chance of uh, meeting new people. In the case of tennis, you go to a tennis court that you've never been to before and uh, you introduce yourself or people come up to you, would you like to play? Mm -hmm. And again, and that's in recent years, tennis has been a, uh, an area that I've um, 
uh, developed. I say developed, meaning met many new friends. Um, so, yes, sports not only gives you uh, a chance to improve or not improve, but keep your body in shape, um, active, but it also gives you a chance to meet new people. So, again, Social, yeah. you need, uh, it's like we said before, uh, all fun or all work and no play. Well, here's your play and you're meeting new people. Right. Meeting new people. Like-minded people that are also interested in, e in being healthy. Exactly. So you get to meet you know, people that will build each other up, make their, the game better, which in turn makes your health better. Yeah, exactly. Well, not, not, not necessarily the case. A lot of it's just for the game. There's, there's I pe see. People just like to play, but they don't care about what they eat. They don't care about how they mm. look. They're heavy set. That's they're overweight fair. on the tennis court, but they still love the game of tennis and you can still uh, associate with those people. Yes. Yes. There's um, there's not a, uh, anywhere you go, it's, it's a chance to meet people. Even in the grocery store, you're in line in the grocery store waiting to check out and there's someone in front of you and you can see that they're from out of town or something like that. Hey, where are you from? Oh, I'm from Arizona, especially this time of year. A lot of uh, right. tourists. And Absolutely. they say, yeah, how long have, have you lived here or long? So, yeah, I've lived here most of my life. Oh yeah, how do you, and all that stuff. Just get going. Exactly. You know, a lot of young adults that listen to this podcast uh, are somewhat uncertain about their future. They are, have a little bit of social anxiety. They're nervous to talk to people. And the reason I bring up the uncertainty about the future is because of technology and being so attached to a phone and being able to see everybody else's life, they don't focus on what's happening within themselves. They're focused on how will I get there? How, what will happen to me? You know, I'm wondering if someone younger came to you and they were like, Bob, I, I just feel so lost. Like, I don't know how I'm going to make it to your age. Uh, I'm just always very anxious about what's going to happen with my life in the future. What would you tell someone like that? That's a good, tough question to answer. Um, the, my advice would be to uh, talk to yourself. I shouldn't say, that's, let, me, let me give you a real good example. Mm. There's a gentleman by the name of Wayne Dyer. I know Wayne Dyer. All yes. right. Read one of his books, one of his most, uh, uh, not most popular books, was Your Erroneous Zones. I read that when I was 40. And it ah. opened my eyes to a whole new world. It's just, don't blame yourself. It's not your erroneous zone. Is in, it's you. It's in your head. So you've got to start thinking positively. Yes. Yes. You cannot. Uh, you cannot blame yourself. You cannot. Oh, no one loves me. I can't meet new people. I'm afraid to say hello. Go for it. Uh, which is. I mean, it's it's easy to say. For some people, it's not that easy to do. Mm -hmm. That's so true, because a lot of the youth right now feels like they need more direction and they're not finding it properly. You know, That's partly why I'm having a conversation with someone like you because I think you could be a good example of someone who did the right things in his life to make sure that at your age, you're still very healthy and capable and you've lived a life that's fulfilling, I would say, as far as I can tell. I mean, would you consider your life very fulfilling? Yes. <laughs> right? So I think there's something to be said about that, that like you having such a good positive state of mind Part of it has to do with you being able to take care of your, your health. If you were, you know, if you had like a problem walking around, you probably wouldn't feel very motivated. You'd probably feel like defeated a lot of the times. Yes, right? that's true. Right? So I think it's hard to tell people this where they were like, I always harp about, you know, you got to take care of your health because that does affect how you feel in your brain. 
inside of your own head, how you talk to yourself. No question. If you don't feel healthy, you don't feel like you don't feel like eating out of bed. You don't feel like working. You don't feel like eating. Um, these people who have COVID in recent months and re this is last past year and a half, um, they feel terrible when they disease is. Uh, most prevalent, yeah. and uh, but when they feel or when the disease leaves, and most of it does, uh, if you want to call it a disease, uh, uh, yes. So anyway, staying healthy is very important. That uh, motivates your whole body and your whole demeanor and your whole attitude, and you're friendly. And when you walk past someone on the street, hello, how are you? As opposed to if you're feeling sick, uh, you want to be in your head. Exactly. When you're feeling good, you want to share that with exactly. Other you want to bring it out. Yes. That's such a great point. I like that a lot. Okay, on the same lines, you know, the other thing that I always hear is, well, I don't know if what career I should go into, uh, or I've finished college or I'm about to finish school, and now I'm not interested in what I'm doing. You know, you, you know, lived almost what, almost uh, nine decades now, right? Yes. Roughly. So <laughs> I'm sure you've had several different career changes and, and things that you've you know, developed over the years. So what would you tell someone that's young who feels afraid about the choices that they're making at, at, in their 20s, you know, about a career? Uh, well, there's, there's two types of people. I shouldn't say two, there's many types. I'm just sure, sure. categorize that two. There's the person in school who knows or feels or desires to be, I'll use the example, as a doctor. So they go to college, they graduate with a degree, then they go to pre-med school, right. then they go to uh, internship and stuff, and, and they're motivated in that particular, or they wanna be an engineer. It doesn't necessarily, or they wanna be a plumber. Sure. You don't have to go to school to be a plumber, but you go to a- uh, A trade. A trade Learn, school, no, yes, trade, yes, yes. So there's that, that type of person, and then there's me. I graduated college with a degree in uh, education. I never taught. And oh, wow. Never taught a day in my life. Huh. Um, uh, formally, I mean, I taught Little League and, okay. and as a coach and a manager and, uh, for baseball and football for kids when my kids were growing up. So that doesn't mean that you can't use those experiences or information to uh, further some child's or youngster's uh, outlook on life or outlook on the game and things of that nature. Um, the other part is, I'll use the word restless. Uh, when I was working right out of college, um, I lived in Chicago. And Chicago, as you probably know, the weather's terrible at some time of the not year. It's like San Diego. That's exactly correct. So I, um, one, one brutal winter, uh, I was freezing my butt off. <laughs> and uh, I, uh, so when I got home that night, I said to my wife, let's get out of here and let's move to San Diego. Wow. And she, okay, let's do it. Uh, or she f said, yeah, let's do it. Uh, okay, so I sold our house and I moved to San Diego uh, in 1964. I had three boys, not yet, the oldest wasn't four yet. He was only three in eight months. So I had three boys under four. Um, and we moved to San Diego. And my dad, I can remember saying to me, Bob, what are you gonna do? You haven't got a job. I said, yeah. right, but I'll find something. I'm, I'm, anyway, back to that question. No, you keep going. You're, I think you're on the track, yeah. That question, you know, how do you? What do I do? Exactly, yeah. well, if you've got that um, positive that, attitude or. That I will figure it out. Exactly, yes. Yes. So I moved, moved, moved into our new house, uh, bought a house without a job. Uh, yeah, in, wow. those, in, those, in, in 1964, you could do that. How much did you pay for a house in 1964, do you think? Tw I know exactly how much I paid, 21,000. 
Brand oh my God. <laughs> brand new house in a beautiful neighborhood. In yes. Oh man. So uh, I got here and then I started looking for a job, found a job again as a stockbroker. Okay, uh, as a stockbroker? Yes. And you didn't know anything about the market? Oh no, I, I was- uh, You were studying I, it? Yes, I, I always studied it from the time I was 18 or 19, uh, 20. And um, had a job as a stockbroker uh, for seven years and got the market that was not acting very well in the late 1960s, okay. early 70s. So I left that job, got a, opened a business in St. Louis with my brother who was still living in Chicago. Uh, so what was he, the business about? Recomputer, uh, reconditioning computer ribbons. In those days, the printers were gigantic. Yes, yes. Uh, and the ribbons were 20 yards long and f 15 inches wide. For the people that don't know, the ribbon is, is the, is the piece that actually is used to print onto sheets of paper, is that right? Yes, yeah, basically the, the ribbon holds the ink. It holds the ink, it's and the, the thing and, that transfers and, the ink. Yeah, and you type, uh, type onto the ribbon and the ribbon transfers it onto the paper, right. yes. Got it. So we reconditioned computer ribbons and I did that for nine years. Again, got tired of doing that. So uh, moved back to California. Uh, I had three sons and now we're teenagers rather yeah, than course, yeah. under four. So they moved in with me. Um, so I had three sons, teenage sons, and two of their friends came along. So we had five a party in the house. Five teenagers in a house we'll uh, with all men. Yes, yes. <laughs> and you now still are, and again, you're not doing a job anymore. Uh, right. Well, yes and no. Uh, but yes. So anyway, that was that was the deal, and the neighborhood we moved into was up in uh, La Jolla on La Jolla Village Drive, uh -huh. um, and there were girls in the neighborhood. And they were, oh God, five teenage boys, yay! Because it was basically a, 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 um, it's a party a, house. Yeah, a family neighborhood, but this was a party house. And we got into a little bit of hassle when the parties started up and the band played. And then they were like, you can't do that. You, this is a, a quiet neighborhood, get out of here. So we moved to Pacific Beach in 1979 <laughs> and, and lived there for a dozen or 15 years, yes. Uh, and then the boys all left. It was now they're in their mid twenties, yeah. And they all leave, and um, so I'm on my own, um, and just continued on with doing what I was doing. I I worked for a company that um, a small computer company uh, that was just getting started in the computer business, and uh, left that business and bought a business uh, that reconditioned. Or I'm sorry, that that um, sold canvas on boats in Point Loma. Um, on canvas, what do you mean? Like art? No, 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 the canvas, when you have a boat, you have, especially sailboats, they have sails. Uh-huh. And the sails have to be covered from the sun or they'll rot. I see, I see, okay. So we, we so you bought a business that, that sold canvas for boats? Yeah, made canvas. Made canvas yeah, for we, boats. Yeah, we're making it. We had a sewing machine and sold, sold the canvas. So hold on a second, so you started you know, getting a degree in education, yes. not ever teaching, yes. except coaching some some teams yeah, in right. sports. Yes, my and then you moved to California and you started working as a stockbroker. Yes. Okay. And how many years were you a stockbroker? Seven. So you were. Did you ever make any good money as a stockbroker? By the way. No. No. Okay. So you get out of that, and then you and your brother start a business where you are re refurbishing or refactoring the right. uh, the printer 
Printer ribbons. Ribbons. Yes. yes. So you did that for about, what, a 10 years? Nine years. Nine years of that. Yes. Okay. And then you move into buying this business. No, then I moved back to California. Yes. I was in St. Louis, remember, with uh -huh. the reconditioning business. Came back to California. Came back to California. Um, retired because the business I sold in St. Louis. Did pretty good? Yes. Yeah. Wow. Made, made some money. So I How did, old were you then? That would have been 1979. I moved back here. Uh, 45. The man retired at 45. That's a dream, isn't it? And then so at that point you were set. You didn't have to work if you didn't want to. For a while, yes, but the money finally ran out. I see. So then I had oh, to go back to happens. work, and then I found another job um, as a computer um, in a computer business. I see. And I sold the paper that people printed on in those years. Um, so you were always very close to technology, it seems, as it was coming up. Yeah, sort of. Yeah. Yes, um, in the computer business, but not not the programmer or anything of this nature. Yeah, just, that's what just, I studied. All right. Yeah. I didn't like it very much. Really? Because so, I like this. I like talking to the people, not the computer. Okay, sure. I understand them. And I can talk about them. All right. But I don't like to just sit there and code all day. But, I understand. You know, yes. That wasn't my favorite activity. I could do it and I can get things done, but it was something that I was like, you know, I think there's more that I want to do in life than, than write code. Sure. And uh, that's, that's what led me to kind of change careers again. So the point of this whole conversation and this question was, you don't have to know where your career is gonna really take you. And again, you could be of the mindset that you go to a trade school and you know for sure you wanna learn this, this type of work and that's all you wanna do. Or you have the attitude of, it doesn't matter what happens, I will figure it out. Yes, I will find something. Absolutely. And to get that attitude, the key here is you have to have good physical health, which affects your mental health, which affects your attitude and, and how you basically see life around you. Right. More or less, yes. Yep, yep you bet. And I mean, you've got to have a some kind of um, attitude um, that I don't need to have a specific degree in this or that. Or I'll always find something to do. Yes. That's my attitude. Yes. It's, uh, Were there any other careers that you you want to tell me that you did outside of those that you uh, mentioned? Okay. Um, Anything else interesting comes up after the um, canvas uh, manufacturing business? I left that after two years, sold that business, had more money, retired for a while. And then, one, again, a tennis acquaintance, a, a, a number of tennis acquaintance, okay. acquaintances. One gentleman who had some money wanted to buy a business. Uh -huh. And someone told that person, you need help. Go see if Bob Snyder will work for you. <laughs> you have some good connections. So uh, I did, and this was a business for um, inflatable advertising. Have you ever uh, gone past yes. see a big balloon on a roof? It yes. says uh, for sale or, or sale or tires or uh, ice cream or something like that. So we, this business built these huge balloons. Yes. And who liked that, I mean, who, who was, seemed to be uh, very impressed with that was the Japanese. I see. So they bought a, a hundred balloons from us, you know, million dollar deal. And- um, Wow. So the, the Japanese were having some problems and they wanted someone to show them what, or give them yes. a little bit of information. So the owner who was not that, that gregarious or uh, I don't wanna say friendly, but um, uh, able to help, is a, sent me to Japan. Oh, wow. So I flew to Japan uh, 25 years ago, 1995, and uh, kind of uh, did a little bit of 
help on getting the Japanese how they want to do it. And then uh, I flew to uh, Korea and uh, talked to them. Uh, we didn't get any business out of the Koreans, uh, but uh, that was that was an experience for me of flying, traveling the world, traveling the world, doing yes. business. Exactly, incredible. Not knowing uh, or not being uh, interested in doing that kind of stuff yes. uh, at the time, but it, it, the opportunity presented itself. Uh, flying to, to flying to Japan or visiting Japan was uh, an experience, interesting. Yes. Um, yes. So that 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 was another part of my. So after that job, um, again left that and retired, and uh, came to live here. Yes, we're almost at that area. So I came because I was a senior, and these were senior apartments. They were close to my family. My mom was now moved to um, San Diego, so I was close to her. Yes. So I moved here. And I used to do maintenance work or handyman work on the side. So you learned a lot about that trade as well. Well, I, that part I'd always done. Only I feel like you're just the person that likes to learn. Uh, yeah, interesting. I'm interested in that. You're yes. interested in what to, to keep learning. And I yes. think that's a very valuable trait to have. Sure. To keep learning and keep growing. Otherwise, because many people, they stagnate too early, I would say. Or they, yes, they, they feel once they've retired, I'm not gonna do anything. I'm just gonna relax and sit here in the chair and watch television all day long. That? Right, right. Yes. Like, yeah, and I, I relate with you. I don't think I can sit still for very long. Yeah, anyway, sit. Another thing, humble. You're very humble, that's for sure. Retired three times yourself with hundred yeah. dollars like deals, and then you would still do maintenance work. Oh yeah, yeah. well, good yeah. point. Never thought of it in that respect. Yeah, well, no. it is. I mean, because a lot of people think like, oh no, that work is below me. Like, or if I've seen this, how can I ever do something here? Good point. Right? Okay. Right? Like you don't you don't think of it that way. Right. Which I think is an entirely uh, simplistic, but also a very humble attitude. Right. And in this particular case, working here or, or living here and walking out of my apartment to my car with tools, the manager said, hey, Bob, what do you do? I said, well, I, I do maintenance on the side, you know, for, said, would you like to do the maintenance here at yeah. this building? I said, well, and so let's see. And um, how much do they pay you? Or how much <laughs> do you make an hour? I said, well, I charge $35 an hour. This was 20 years ago, 22 yeah. years ago. That's pretty good money for 20, 22, 23. Yeah, well, they, the, 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 the company that managed this place at the time said, oh, we're not going to pay Bob $20, $35 an hour. Will he accept 25 And I thought, well, uh, you know, working here, I don't have to get in my car you with my to tools. You're right, I'm here and I can just yeah, go into the apartments. Great point. To work from yes, home. Exactly. You were the pioneer and yes. now everyone's figuring out work from home. So That's after fun. two years, um, they asked me to be the manager. Yeah. And I said, no, I'm not interested in the manager. Well, I'll continue being the maintenance man. And then the, the, the then manager left and they said, would you be the manager now? I said, no, I'm not interested. Yes. So then the next, next manager left and they asked me again, would you be the manager? I said, all right. All right. So 10 years ago, I- Took I, a little while. Yes, yeah, so now I'm the manager of- uh, You're playing hard to get, Bob. Exactly, yes. <laughs> So there I am. So I'm now the manager. That's incredible. And the maintenance man and all that oh, stuff. Oh man, there's so many good nuggets in that story. I want to take another quick moment to thank our sponsors, Podcast Backdrops. If you do any kind of video content or pictures online or you're doing any sort of selling over Zoom calls, you really need to check them out because it will make you look professional from the get-go. Having your brand, your logo, and what you're all about behind you, hiding all your clutter, makes you look so much more professional when you put yourself out there on the internet. So check out Podcast Backdrops if you want to level up your game. I think the main point that I want our audience to figure out is you have to have that right attitude towards your life because you never know what kind of opportunities come if you're open to them. 
Exactly. There are people that, and there's so many jobs today that you, you hear about, I mean, because of the situation, and there will be opportunities. And some will say, hey, I'm, I'm, uh, that's beneath me. I'm not going to do that. Yeah. As, as in my particular case, which you recognize, I'll do almost anything if it keeps me living, keeps me living, keeps, keeps some food on the table, and yeah. you have to have money for that, and drive a car, and uh, pay the rent. Well, because a lot of the youth today stuck on, I don't know what I'm passionate about. Have you heard that before? Yes. So what, would, what do you think that is all about? No, I agree. And again, the first thing you have to do is earn money in the, in the capitalistic society to survive. That's and true. then if you don't like your job, obviously, when at the end of the day, do what you're passionate in or find another job. Don't be afraid to move on. Don't be afraid to move on. I think the youth is so scared to move on. I somewhere. agree. Yes, some of them. And because we don't understand... Yeah, I think maybe part of it is just the inexperience. But again, it comes back to this this mental attitude, this mindset of, you know, you will be okay and you can handle whatever will happen, right? Instead of feeling like, oh, I, I shouldn't do that because I don't think I can survive anymore. Well, I right? think a lot of young kids, they feel like if I'm going to make a wrong choice, my life ends. That's a good point. So maybe my question to you is, are there any decisions or anything that you regret that's happened in your life? You're looking. If you look back on your life, absolutely. You say, "Hey, if if I would have married so and so rather than who I did uh, marry, yeah. um, if I would have gone into teaching instead of going into uh, the work world, or the, uh, that's not the right term." Well, another another field, perhaps. Yeah, that's sure, a, a sure. better example. Another field, correct. Um, so. I think we can all look back. I mean, this is Bob Snyder talking now. Um, you have to tell me yourself. Uh, do you look back and you like say, hey, I wish I would have done this? I, I'm sure we all have. I think we, that's a fair point. We all, But then that's different than regret, though. Because that's saying, if I look back and I made these other decisions, my life would have been different. Versus like... That's just hypothesis. I see. Rather than regretting. Like regretting is like, you know, every day waking up, you're like, oh man, I, I really messed up. Like I, I really like, I shouldn't have done that. Like I feel terrible now okay. forever. I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't, I'm just no, I'm no, hypothesizing I, I, with that's you. That's how a lot of young adults feel right now. Like the ones that like, we've seen that, that are hopeless, not everyone, but the some that do feel hopeless are, are, are thinking that way. They're well, like- Well, they, it's not even that. Like they afraid to make the step because they afraid to make the mistake, but they never done anything. They're afraid they're gonna fail. If they, exactly, yeah. being afraid to fail. What do you, what would you say about that? Again, that's the attitude. You've that's got to, attitude. you've got to uh, instill in yourself and, and put that mindset. And I say, put the how do you put a mindset in your mind? I don't know. Uh, I'm not phrasing it properly, perhaps, but it's in your mind when you feel confident that, hey, I can do anything. Why? Like my dad said, Bob, you haven't got a job. You've got three children. You're moving to California. How are you going to support them? What are you going to do? Uh, my mindset was when I get there, I'll find something to do. Yes. I'm not afraid to, ch to take that challenge and to uh, explore things like that. And you won't give up until you find something. Oh, absolutely. I mean, that perseverance was, is. Yes. Yes. But again, moving, I had no choice. Remember, I've got three children, a house. Uh, I've got to support the children. I've got to support my wife. I've got to support the, the mortgage yes. and stuff like this. So I, I've got to do something, but I would have done anything. I mean, yes. I, I just happened to like the. I went to an employment agency 
And, I, and the guy opened a big book and he said, what about this? What about this? What about, he, all kinds of jobs. What about a stock? Oh, I, I'm interested in that. Yeah, let's go there, that route. So I went and interviewed and they hired <laughs> me and stuff. Yes, so that's, that's how that came about. I love that. That's fantastic. I think there's a lot to be said in that because one of the other things that I hear a lot from the youth is, right, because of the internet, which has made everyone more connected, it's also allowed through social media for people to see other people's lives and then have a lot of comparison. And that makes people feel, oh, my life is bad. It's not that good. Like, look at look at Bob over here. He's doing pull-ups, dating Marilyn Monroe, making <laughs> millions of dollars, selling businesses and retiring early. What am I doing with myself? You know, this, this attitude of comparison that's being... Now, I wouldn't say forced on us, but it's more rel more present today than maybe it used to be at some other point in, in time. I don't know. What would you say about that? Uh, my, my point on something, very simple. Uh, when we give, who's we? The government, when we give people stuff for doing nothing, they're not gonna, they're not gonna uh, accomplish anything. They're not gonna go out and look for something. They're not gonna be, uh, and I don't wanna say, uh, afraid uh, or desperate or something like that, but maybe that's the right word. Uh, the government's not gonna give me anything. I've got to do it myself. I'm desperate, I gotta find a job and you'll do it. As opposed to, oh, well, hey, I'll, I'll just uh, apply for unemployment and, and, and I don't have to do anything. kick back and do nothing. Exactly. Yeah, there's no more incentive there. Yes. There has to be a strong driver. Yes. Survival is yes. the biggest driver there yes. is <laughs> that nature has created in humans. Right. Right. Nope. But what about comparison, Bob? Like, because a lot of the youth is stuck on comparing them, their lives to other people, and that makes them feel that they have a lower quality of existence. Um, yes, I mean, I think probably we all do, and I don't know if we want to compare ourselves, but we say, oh, I wish I would. Uh, uh, I wish I would have been a Mickey Mantle, or I don't know if that's uh, dating my if people okay. who's uh, or a uh, current uh, football star, Tom Brady. Yeah, sure. and, oh, wow, how come Tom Brady's so good? And what does he do? Uh, and I wish I were a Tom Brady. Well, you can wish that you were something like that, but that doesn't mean you have to dwell on it. That you, oh boy, uh, my life's not complete because I'm not a, I'm not a someone superstar. Else. Yes, uh -huh. yes. Uh -huh. no, again, it's back to the, it's you, you, your attitude of who am I? In other words, and you've got to live within yourself, and, but you've got to have some confidence in yourself. If you don't have confidence in yourself, you're- What if someone asked you, Bob, I have no confidence in myself. How would I, how do I go about building confidence in myself? Read. There's books out there that, that self-help books that, mm -hmm. and again, I mentioned- You're saying Wayne Dyer. Uh, so let's talk, let's drill into that. So what oh. other uh, books or people have helped you in your journey of 86 years to, to keep yourself motivated or reignited? Um, think and Grow Rich. Napoleon think and Grow Rich, Napoleon Hill. You read? Yes. yes, okay, yes. That, that's a book that I read. My dad gave, Bob, here's a book, read this book. <laughs> and I, I read it and I, I, didn't, I didn't understand it at first because it, it said, uh, young men, um, oh, I'm sorry, let me start. No worries. The part about uh, most men in, in general, start becoming millionaires or making a lot when in their 40s. Mm -hmm. Why don't they do it in their 20s? Because young men are looking for girls and they're interested <laughs> in women at their 20s. And he put, points out, he says, if you became rich when you're 20, you'd, find you'd the gravitate, the women yeah. would gravitate towards you, yes. Yeah. So uh, things like that. So, but again, the, the point that he was making is you've got to do it yourself. In other words, accomplish something. If you accomplish something, 
people gravitate towards you. People like to, yes. to, to associate with successful people. Uh, success in, in uh, whether- What is it or take about, a lot of the youth thinks about faking it, faking their success, because it's easy to do on social media. Oh, absolutely. You can rent a car, uh, 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 rent a Ferrari, you can go and rent a mansion mm -hmm. to perceive to others that you're you're making it. Right. But as you know, that's a hollow, you know. Yeah, you're only fooling yourself. You're only fooling yourself yes, at absolutely. the end of the day. Yep. So, yeah. so, and the youth also believes to a degree that we should have things quick because we're, we're out of the microwave generation right. that have seen things and hand door deliveries for everything, yes, right? Like, right. so we, we're not, we're not very, uh, polished in the idea of patience, right? Like we don't, we don't see it that way anymore, you know? And I don't think things came to you necessarily easily. I mean, eating right and exercising is easy, but most people can't do it, right? They don't have that patience to prep their meal, to take time out for themselves. Yeah, the discipline to do the it, discipline. yes, right. Uh, I, I feel like they go hand in hand, wouldn't you say? Patience yep. and discipline. Yep, you bet. Right, they're, they're, they're basically two sides of the same coin in my book, so. Bob's a smart man. <laughs> and he's a sharp man and a wise man. And, and that's the thing, it's like even, like I, I don't feel like I, when I talk to you, I'm talking to someone that's 86. Because you, y your presence and the way you, you, you are, you still have a lot of energy. And, like as a young person would. When I see a lot of young people who are, t who are coming to, to me, they're very like, you know, like, oh, and a lot of them are doing, you know, smoking too much marijuana or yeah, drinking yeah, yes, or yes, tobacco yes. and, and you know, pornography on the internet, which is very popular now. And they're not focusing on, they don't see what is there that's beautiful about life. Sure. Go ahead, you can take that. Gary. Hey, I'm being interviewed at this, as we speak. Yes. Are you, you know, you remember lunch tonight, their dinner tonight, right? The six? Yes, I do. <laughs> I He'll that. be there. All right, I'll just call you about golf. We will talk later. See you probably. All right, I'll call you a little bit. All right, we're going to leave this hey, one in. Hey, Monica's showing up at five, so if I don't answer after five, that's why we're going to play cards. Got it. All right. See ya. Bye, care. Don't worry, Bob. I won't keep you too much longer. No, one of my sons, again, you're asking. Uh, no, that's good. Close by. Yes. That's good. So, my point I wanted to ask you about was, um, I actually forgot what my question was before I, I, I got here, but I was going to ask you about why youngsters don't. Uh, we want things quick. Yeah, right? yes. we want things quickly, and and it's the reality is everything takes time, and then they they start to lose because they can take a drug and feel very high. They start to forget <sighs> what what it's like to get a natural high out of an enjoyment out of doing motions in life. Perfect. I like that absolutely, and that's my. My, uh, I think the theme in my life has been stay sober and uh, what you're feeling is 100% you rather than 50% marijuana or, or alcohol. Or, yeah, or alcohol, right? Or Yes, no. Again, people say you've never smoked, you've never taken a drag on a cigarette in life? Maybe, never. I said, why? I said, I was afraid I might like it. And I'm gonna get hooked. Get out of here! I was afraid I might like it more than my actual life. Exactly. And then I won't enjoy my life. Exactly. When actually, you have to live more time in your life than you do under a drug. Exactly. Oh, absolutely. And that my kids all all know that. Beautiful point. Wow. That's a beautiful point because you're not high 24/7. 
you can be high for a while, but then all of a sudden you come back down and then you have to live with whatever it is here. You know, an idea I had was if every time, not to say that marijuana is all bad because some people find it medicinally helpful, sure, that's, that's there for some people, whatever. But point being, if you get high on anything, like even if you, if you get drunk, but the moment you start to sober up and you start to feel like, oh, my life sucks, I have to get high again. That's when it's a problem. But when, it come, when you come back down from any high and you realize that my life is still pretty good and I get to do these, I get to do these things. Mm-hmm. I don't have to do any of it, but I get to do these things. I think that attitude, and I'm speaking to those who are somewhat in an addictive nature of these substances, is like when you start to see your life as, and you're coming back down, you still have a great life and you still have all these things around you to be happy from, and you've chosen to, to do this versus compulsively doing it to continue to escape your reality, I think that's a different mode of being than you know, just being compulsively high all the time because you hate life. And I think a lot of people are falling in the trap of this now because they're not motivated enough to take care of their health. They're not motivated enough to go and do whatever it takes. They're not motivated enough to do whatever kind of work without thinking too far into the consequences of what if this isn't my career in, in, in two years or in five years or in 10 years, which is okay. At the end of the day, like, I don't know how to drive that into people, but I think from what I'm hearing from you is a lot of that has to do with educating yourself by reading you know, good books and of course taking care of yourself and then just, just basically being open to opportunities around you rather than being concluded already in your mind that you know this won't work out right right like i think i think i don't know how to shift that in people and that's something that i'm trying to figure out with this podcast and with what i'm trying to do okay sure no absolutely i uh, again it's it it all starts upstairs right here and uh, you have to um Educate, if that's a good word, I guess. Learn. Education. We're learning all our lives, and if you stop learning, your your life is going to be nothing. Yeah. And I don't want to say nothing; that's not the right word, but uh, unfulfilled. Mm-hmm. You want to um, you want to keep. And I I read books um, not that often, or not as much as I used to, but I still read books and interesting things I see. And I just picked up a. Um, uh, something I got in the mail yesterday about nutrition, and I'm reading about nutrition. 86, um, he's still learning about nutrition, and the man so, already has good nutrition. Yes, you see it over there, Mimi? That's amazing. Yes, nutrition, yeah. Wow. So, that's, that's, yeah. That, right, and the point being, like, you, you can, you know, there's this, some, there's this attitude of being a student that I think is so valuable, always wanting to learn. Sure. Versus, I already know. Right. No. I the internet is great. Um, I'll see a word. What is that word? And I'll go to a, a, a search engine. Yes. Or, or where is the city? And I'll go to a search engine. Or uh, what is this meaning? Or what does this phrase mean? And I'll go to the search engine. Wow, there's so much stuff that's available quickly. Before I had to go to my you gotta go to library. Uh, yes, and, yeah. and open a book. And um, not oh, I'm sorry, not open a search for a book. Here I can search for it in my living room. That's I don't have right. to go anywhere and uh, educate myself or find out what I need to know. But I'm doing it all the time. Yeah. Um, and my kids always tell me, Dad, use your phone, your smartphone, when you want to know something. Uh, so yeah. What do you think? Are you familiar with social media at all? Sure. Like, you are. Okay. So w- what do you think about social media? Uh, well, what I think, I know what it is. You asked that question. Yes. I don't use it. 
You don't my, use my, my kids say, Dad, did you, say, did you see Facebook today? Or look on Facebook or Twitter or something like that. I say, oh, I, I, that part I don't get into. I mean, I don't get Can into- Can you tell me more about that? Like, is there, is there a reason? No, I just, I'm at that age bracket where that was not part of my- It wasn't um, part of your life. Exactly, yes. where, where youngsters, I mean- That's like their wake up breakfast. Exactly, in fact, my a smartphone, uh, you see them walking across the street. And they're I, walking, I'm, they're walking and looking down. Exactly. Yes. And that, what, what do you think about that? I mean, it's a shift. Like, I mean, I don't know if we're gonna be able to change yeah, yeah. it, but. Uh, good point. Um, who's your friend? My so or my, my smartphone? My yeah. Or my, when we were kids, and obviously when we were kids, I mean, it, it was three or four people walking home to school and walking to and from school every day, especially in elementary school. Today, you're not walking with your friends. No, you're, you're walking with your phone. Boom, 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 exactly. And people would say like, oh, well, I have my phone. This is where I talk to my friends. Exactly. Part of it is like, I don't want to, I'm not trying to demonize the phone or the technology. The reality is the phone isn't what you're after. You're, you're after the connection with the person on the other side of the phone. Uh, yes. Right? I mean, and that's the important part. But the challenge is, I think, with social media is there's, a, there's an overload of information, right? Because it's not something that you decide what you're going to see. It just shows up on your feed. Yes. Right? So part of it is just overloaded information. And the other part of it is that most people aren't intentional with their use of these platforms. They're, they've become compulsive. Maybe, maybe earlier in, in a different time, people were compulsively flipping through newspapers. I don't know. Or magazines. I don't know. You tell me. Like, oh, absolutely. Was that like you would be at a bus stop and people are just full with papers? Absolutely. And, and when I looking at their yes, papers. in the 1950s, 1960s, when I would go to work downtown Chicago, or if that's where I was going to work, yeah. um, people were sitting on the bus or the L, uh, all reading the newspaper. I don't yeah. want to say all reading, but lots of them are reading the newspaper. Now, in that case, you're sitting next to a stranger. So there it's, it's kind of difficult to... Um, start up a conversation when work's only 15 or 20 minutes away. Yes. Uh, so, but back to your question, yes, newspapers were the big thing when I was growing up. Uh, in fact, there was no television uh -huh. when I was growing up. I mean, it didn't start until I was a teenager or yes, I mean, 1948. And then when, when the television came out, people were glued to the TV. Yes, uh, well, like, but it was interesting, yes. But it was also interesting and um, You'd have different people. Uh, we were one of the first people in the neighborhood to get TV. Yeah. And my friends would come over. And luckily, I had a dad, which we talked about, who enjoyed my friends being there. And they'd come over to watch the, uh, in those years, the bowl games, the games. Rose Bowl and uh, the Orange Bowl oh, and yes, stuff like yes. that. So it became more of a social uh, gathering and a social uh, event to, to go and watch TV. A right? social attraction. Yes, you bet. Nowadays, it feels like, you know, the TV has become what's your phone at, the, at the, this stage. Sure. Right? So each person's got a, you know, a, a personalized, well, it's a pocket computer with a TV on it. Yes, it's exactly. It's everything that you possibly would want right, right here. And I wonder about that. And I, and I wonder the effects of that, that's, that that it's having on people's health mentally because. Yes, if it's you know, a whatever, it's, um, I'm. When you came in, I'm watching golf, but I, as I, you asked, why do I watch golf? Because it's a very difficult game, mm -hmm. and it's fun to see who's doing what. Mm -hmm. Not who's doing what, but how they're playing. How they're playing, their technique, and yeah, exactly. what they've done. Yeah, exactly. Yes, sure. it's exciting. It. But other than that, uh, oh, and I do watch movies. You know, I, I, and Of course. I, I mean, this, they're, 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 some of them are very well made. And they're yes. produced well. Yeah. Let's do some uh, fire. Rapid fire questions? I want you to finish, and then we'll, we'll go to that. But, but please go on about the TV and, and, and movies and all. Oh, no, that's just a, a, 
that's at my stage and I live alone. Um, so how do I entertain or how do I feel good about myself or not myself, but how do I feel, have a good attitude. If I watch a nice, feel good movie, I feel good. Feel good. Um, if I'm watching a golf match and there's some f a favorite golf player that I like and they're winning or close to winning, oh boy, this is exciting. I hope so. So I think wins. what you're getting at is what you consume will affect how you feel. If you're consuming nonsense on the internet, it's gonna affect the way you feel in your head. If you're consuming a feel-good movie or a sport that you enjoy because of the talent that it takes to play the sport, you're gonna have a different attitude walking away from that experience than if you're scrolling and scrolling and you're like, what is this? You know, this right. isn't. You know, so I think there's something to be said about that. Yes. Well, again, absolutely. And uh, when you're watching. That's a medium of entertainment these days, a big one. Yes. It, it's your choice on what you watch. And some people like to watch shoot em, or, you know, gangster yeah. movies or cars getting blown up. I like the PG movies where there's nobody being shot, nobody being killed. By the um, way, I wanted to ask you before I forgot this. What is your take? Because a lot of, uh, and I'm sure you you saw the shift and in, in the in the income, not income, but like the the start of the video game revolution back in, I don't know, I think it was like the 70s, maybe? Uh, 70s, early 80s, yes. Or 70s or 80s, right? When video games started popping up, there were arcades. Yep. People would go to arcades. They were a very social activity yes. to go and do, right? Play yep. games. And then we had home consoles of video games, like you had the PlayStation, the Nintendo, yep, yep. that you could go and plug in at home. And again, to some degree, you would have a friend over to play with. But nowadays, you know, we have games on the phone and the computer, which are all virtualized, and people are talking to other people, their friends, on the game. But then that's becoming a lot of their time is being sunk into the game, right? And my only challenge there is, and I'm wondering if you would agree with me here, is it's fine to be social that way because that's just the way we do things. So there's no reason to spend enough energy demonizing the technology. But the reality is if you aren't taking the time out of your day to go and exercise, to make sure you are between those games, not eating Cheetos and M&Ms, you're eating healthier food, you know, that's not gonna make you uh, feel good. And no matter how much games you play, no matter how social you think you are, you still have to do the fundamentals. It's almost like the health, the thing, whole thing we started this conversation with, which is taking care of your health. Those are basically the fundamentals of, of feeling good as a human being. I don't know. Yeah, I, I I'm, yes, again, uh, we, we discussed that earlier. If you don't feel good, your attitude and, and your your life is, is, I don't want to use the word miserable, but certainly not as fulfilling as it could be. Yes, and yes. You want to be happy, I mean, and how do you become happy? Um, by doing the, the things that make you, but they all have to be constructive. Constructive other, activities that make you happy. Yes. Not destructive drugs and-, and, and Like and, you say, um, well, here's, here's a good example, because um, it, it hits the nail on the head as far as I'm concerned. All these youngsters inside, like you say, playing these games and not getting out, um, our country is overweight by uh, a Most huge amount. Most obese country in the world. Yes, and I can show you pictures in 1940 or 41 or 40, when I'm in elementary school and all the kids sitting there, there's no, there's no obese kids yeah, there. There's nobody obese. Now, yes, yes, but everybody, they once they went home from um, school, out to play again. I mean, that's all we did was play. Yes. And, uh, and now our physical activity has gone down yes. and our virtual activity yes. has gone up. Yes. And that I think is the real core of the mental health and the physical health uh, epidemic that we're in. Yes, we, it's an epidemic, you're right. Right, I mean, and, it, then, and, and then you can see it translate in our politics, you can see it translate in our uh, behavior with other human beings and in our culture as to how we 
we feel, you know, as a culture, and you can see it. We're not a healthy culture anymore. Right. It's, you know? it, well, it's uh, gratification, and the gratification, like you said, is eating Cheetos and potato chips <laughs> and sitting there in front of your um, Nintendo or your PlayStation and, and not moving and getting leaving school and coming home. And yes, when I left school, I couldn't wait to get home and you know and play. It's, yeah, it's still to me, Bob. Change your pants and put your play pants on. Don't yeah, uh, yeah, you don't uh, want to ruin your school clothes. Exactly. Yeah, oh man, yes. that's so. Funny. Couldn't wait to get home and do that. All right, Mimi, what do we got? We got some rapid fire questions for Bob here. I want to make sure Bob's not late for dinner. Oh, we've still got another hour. When. You are not working. How do you spend your time? Okay, so Bob, when you're not working, how do you spend your time? Uh, well, I'm looking at things uh, in the stock market, so I'm, I'm, I'm searching. Still? Wow. Oh, absolutely. Really? Oh, have you? What are you watching? What stocks are you watching? Do you have you heard of Bitcoin yet? Of course. Bob, <laughs> you just keep surprising me. What no, you, no, wow. I've, I've got I've got friends that are uh, into into Bitcoin, into, into bit, bit, big time. Now, here's a good example of this. Not a good example, but a good explanation uh, of knowing people all my life. Um, when I was back in Missouri, uh, reconditioning computer ribbons and uh, coaching little league baseball and football, um, one of the teams I was coaching, one of the players, um, a shortstop. Again, this is 1970, 1975. Yeah. And uh, so in recent years, my boy said, Dad, call Mike. He's into Bitcoin. So Mike, I call this gentleman. He was my shortstop, a little tiny guy. Yeah. My shortstop in the 1970s. Now he's a grown man in his late 50s, early 60s. And um, he's explained to me, yes, I have Bitcoin. My brother, and he's got two, two brothers, one, three brothers. Three brothers bought Bitcoin at... 10, 15, 20 dollars a coin. Oh my God! Yes, you, you are. So the um, one brother doubled his money in a couple of months. Yeah, I bet. And he sold his Bitcoin. The other two brothers, Mike, who I know, who's a roofing contractor, owns yeah. his own business, and his other brother, who is a doctor, they kept their Bitcoins. They're millionaires. Yeah, I bet. And he and he said, Bob, and he's explaining to me. He's the he's the first one that educated me on Bitcoin um, a year ago. He said. Buy it and don't sell it. And he said, I'm going to send you some Bitcoin on your smartphone. On a wallet, yeah. Yes, and he did. And he sent me $10 worth, and now it's $30 in, a, in a year. So it's so $10,000 would have been $30,000, and $2 million would have been $6 million, uh, depending. But anyway, that's back to so associating with people and getting You get into, to learn. Exactly. And I, well, tell me about Bitcoin. I'm asking this gentleman, Mike, tell me about Bitcoin. And he's explaining to me and, and how it works and what it is and don't sell it. And he said, it's going to go up. And it, it, when I was talking to him over a year ago, Bitcoin was $20,000 yes. and now it's 50. Yeah, it's 50 today. So, yeah. Exactly. What, how do you think Bitcoin works? I'm curious to hear from your perspective. I, 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 I do understand it, but I'm curious if how you would explain the value of Bitcoin and what? Well, the value of Bitcoin is my explanation, real quick, is uh, the devaluation of the dollar. The dollar is, go, is going to be worthless. Not, not, I, I couldn't say tomorrow or the next day, but. Um, Eventually. Event, yes. When I was buying gas, when I first started driving, it was, you know, 25, 30 cents a gallon. Why is it $5 now or $4? Right. I mean, Even when I moved well. to US in 2002, it was 99 cents. There you go. And it's $4. Yes. And so you, you, you see it. 
gas isn't any more expensive. The dollar is cheaper. It's, yeah. Yes, it's Crazy. not worth it, what it used to be. Yeah, yes. so inflation is the real. Yes. And the ability to keep printing money and Bitcoin is a finite quantity. Yeah, exactly, all the above. Money. Well, good thing I'm invested in Bitcoin and Bob's got me on the right path here. So great, so you spend time, so you, so you said you look at stocks. What else yes. do you do outside of when you're not working? <sighs> of course you work out. You still you, yeah, I work, yeah, I work out. Um, I uh, converse with my family, as Good. you see. They, they Social, converse with yes, me. Hey, that's important. Dad, how you doing? Okay. Very important. Um, I don't, at, at this stage in life, I don't have a lot of, um, uh, I don't want to say opportunities. I, I, I don't feel, and I don't know if this is me um, or people my age, but in my particular case, not only do I have the family, but I got 48 residents here that yes. need my help. Uh, you're very busy. Basically, yes, you're telling me yes. when you're not working, you have something or rather another yes. pulling for your attention. Okay, yes. what do we? What else we got, V? What are you reading currently? Well, we already know the answer to that. We got a nutrition action book there. Anything yeah, well, else? That, that's uh, that's something that comes in the mail. Yes. Um, what am I reading currently? You don't have to pull it out, but um, you can tell us. A, a Wayne Dyer book. A Wayne Dyer book. See, look yes. at that. Eighty-six and still looking to yes. be better. Yes, and this is this was this one is I don't want to say fascinating, but very interesting. It is Wayne um, taking. Famous sayings from people like Cicero and Michelangelo, or Michael, yeah, Michelangelo, uh, and taking one of their phrases like and uh, William Shakespeare, and then analyzing that particular phrase. Right, dissect uh, like looking between the lines. Exactly, and he's yeah. giving us Mike or uh, Wayne Dyer's take on what these people said. And again, Cicero, for example, was two thousand years ago. And some of the information that he the principles that that try to pass the test of time exactly they're still wow. with us today. Yes. Yes. Amazing. What is your hidden talent? Oh, hidden talent. Yeah, we got a hidden talent, Bobo. Hidden talent. Come on. My BS. <laughs> and I don't mean Bob Snyder. <laughs> All right. What else we got? Um. You're a, you're a fun guy to talk to, Bob. That's that's my BS. Yes, I'm. I'm well, I'm and you know, while she's looking it up, I'm I'm curious because part of it is like a lot of this younger generation that I have the privilege of talking to. Some of them have very bad relationships with their family, and in the sense of, you know, maybe they've done something that their parents aren't happy with, like whether it's their drug use or whether it's their their habit of not doing their chores or not doing, uh, you know getting rid of the habit of the drugs or whatever, you know? And, and you as a father and of course, someone who's, who's helped a lot of young people over the years, what would you tell someone that's younger and doesn't have the best relationship with their family? Like, is there a way to still fix that? There's a way of fixing it. You just have to um, determine what, what the problem is and overlook it or, or apologize for it. An apology is necessary. Um, but yes, I see that often that, that people call and, Oh, I, I don't associate with my brother. In fact, I just talked to a, a gentleman the other day. He said, my brother died of COVID. And I said, really? I said, and what was the situation? What was he? Oh, Bob, he was 300 pounds. Yes. I said, well, did you? He said, I, I hardly ever associated with him. I just, but anyway, the point is, here's a, two brothers. I have a brother. Uh, he lives in Arizona. We talk at least once a week and maybe yeah. more. He's interested in the same things I am, a, a super athlete. Um, in his own right, and I, he's a good tennis player. Um, he's, uh, but completely different than me. I mean, uh, he's had four wives, I've had one. <laughs> uh, but my former wife, um, I see all the time, 
So again, this is the family, my kids I see all the time in our family. When growing up, my mom's family, she was one of nine. So I had eight aunts and uncles from her side of the family and they were always getting together. And everyone, they had differences uh, of the personalities, but it was always friendly. So I grew up in an atmosphere or a, uh, area of, of uh, uh, enjoyable family relations. Yes. To go over to grandma's house to eat spaghetti and yes. meatballs was unbelievable, yes. I love it. We got another question? Yeah. Um, what is the one piece of advice that you will give your 18-year-old? Yeah, what would you tell the 18-year-old Bob? Uh, uh, stay away from, obviously, the, the one that resonates with me, stay away from drugs and alcohol. And alcohol. Absolutely. Um, don't, don't use that as a crutch to feel good. I mean, feel good because of yourself and what you're doing. So, uh, and just don't get into trouble. In other words, uh, how do you not get into trouble? You hang around with the wrong crowd um, uh, of things of this nature. Get into an activity, get into something that you enjoy. Uh, something that you can uh, use the rest of your life. And I say use, I use the term use. Um, try and try and establish some kind of a sport that you can play all your life, like golf or tennis. And if not that, then get into uh, politics. I mean, you'll meet a lot of new people in politics. Go down to the um, uh, local uh, Republican or the Democratic uh, areas and, and, and introduce yourself and say, hey, I want to volunteer. And um, what do I have to do? Well, you have to knock on doors or you have to help us in mailings or something. So you're, you're meeting new people by doing things of that nature. So, so be social. Yes. And have an activity that you can continue throughout your life. Yes. Because that makes you, I think, I think what you're saying essentially is it gives you a sense of congruency, a sense of belonging. It gives you a sense of being part of something. Uh, I, good point. And, and, and I think most people feel much more, um, uh, much happier being part of someone. Yes, whether it's being part of the family, like yes. you said, how come people, families are alienated? I don't know. But there was a, uh, someone said something many years ago, how come I have more friends that are not part of my family than I do my family? And that person answered, the friends that you or associate with are friends that you choose. Yes. Your family, you don't choose. You don't choose your family. So sometimes you have, you have a, a, a dumb brother or a dumb sister or sure. a mean dad, but uh, when you're not going to pick those kind of people to be your friend. Sure. So yes. that was a, a very, uh, I had never thought of it that way, but that's some. So how do you, what do you tell a young kid? I mean, you find, uh, find the right people, hang around with the right people, don't hang around with the wrong people. I love it. Anything else? Yeah, I just want to know what are your favorite songs? Oh, Whoa. one of my favorite songs. Yeah. Um, my favorite songs, it, it's not so much songs. It's, um, I like classical music. Classical music. And songs in my era, um, the, what are some of them? Like South Pacific, there's nothing like a dame, nothing in the world. Songs like that um, are uh, Carousel, songs from Carousel and, and songs of, of um, Yes, from they call it the golden age of, of um, music, musicals. Yes. That was the 1940s and 50s. That kind of music I enjoy, yes. What role do you think music plays in our life? Oh, it's very important, these kids, but in the wrong way. I hear people, I mean, I'm sorry, not people, but there's cars driving down the street with this rap, rap music. Rap music that's very violent. Yeah, and it's not music, it's just noise. <laughs> it's it not music, it's pure brutal, yes. And it's not singing, it's just, Ba 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 ba, and it's nonsense. Absolutely. Yeah, 
I but, see. Um, no, I, in fact, I, I don't know if you ever watched um, YouTube and, yes. uh, and uh, Flash. You ever watch those um, programs? Flash the cartoon? No, no, no. no. It, it's a flash. They call it a flash band or a flash. I'm, I'm trying to think of. Yes. In other words, it'll be a um, uh, an area, a common area, like a um, um, what's what's the common area where you're? Uh, uh, oh, come on, Snyder. A community? No, no. Uh, in a grocery store. What is that called? A, uh, where's a grocery store located? In a um, Oh, a mall. There we go. Yes, you're in a mall, and you'll be in a mall. You've got to watch it. It's great. Uh -huh. I and mean, if you see, it, and you're in a mall, and there's people just milling around, and someone will walk out in the middle of this mall, start a, dancing. No, no. Well, maybe yes. Okay, but tell you know, me. With, keep going with a violin, or and they'll start playing with a violin, and oh, okay. And some people will kind of look. Oh, what's that guy doing? And then two or three other people will join them, and they're not. Dressed in any other thing other than just the way they normally dress, yeah. and there's some violence. They call it a flash mob. There we go. I yes. know what you're talking about. Yes, now. exactly. Yeah, oh, it's great. Mob. I love yeah, that that's stuff, funny. especially when they play Beethoven. Do you play any instruments by any chance? <laughs> Have you tried? Yes, I, I, I my parents. My, oh, first of all, this is a good example. What they want, they gave me a baton. They wanted me oh. to learn to twirl <laughs> yeah, a baton. That's, hey, those aren't easy. I didn't. I, I did that for a while, and then they gave me a bugle. Oh boy. And I started playing the bugle, um, and I could play, I mean, there's not many tunes you can play on the bugle. It's, it's Reveille and, and uh, uh, going to Reveille. Because the bugle doesn't have vowels, right? Correct. It's, it's, just, a, it's a single pipe. Exactly. Yeah. Okay, I see. So I played the bugle for maybe a year, and I was embarrassed to the teeth. Um, they asked me to play uh, at the assembly in elementary school when I was probably in seventh grade yeah. to play Raising the Flag, dun, 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 and then whatever. So I was auditioned by two teachers and it was perfect. So now it's the next day, the assembly's there, the whole assembly with all the kids <laughs> and I've got to play. Oh, blah, 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 blah. How did it we was, go? Oh, <laughs> I was so nervous. It was terrible. Oh, Embarrassed and nervous. That's funny. Oh, it was but you know what? You did it. Yeah, I did it. You well, did I didn't it. do a very good job, <laughs> but but uh, that's okay. You still did it. You yeah, can't win every I, time. I tried. Yeah, and it was not that's that fine. I couldn't do it. It's just that, yes. it, again, you there, there's your head. Yes. yes, your head's yes. telling you, you know, don't yeah. don't screw up. And I did. No, I, I can understand that. I'm, I'm, I played drums uh, all, all right. school. Yeah, music was a big part of my upbringing. I would say it's all right. That always made me feel uh, a sense of belonging. Right there is a card on that. Printer, Mimi, uh -huh. can you see that card right on top of the printer? The printer right here. Oh, you, right, grab that card. Let me see. What is this? The drum teacher. Drum seed. He's a rhythm coach. Yeah. Well, he, he lives here. Okay. He lives on the first floor. Uh huh. And um, he told me he was. I sent him something last week about one of my sons was playing on um, KUSI on television. Oh, so wow. I sent him the link this gentleman the link because, uh, oh, I know, I didn't send him the link. I sent it to uh, another tenant lives here. That tenant told him, hey, Bob's son is a musician. So he said to me, I understand your son is a musician. So I sent him this link and he, next time I saw him, he said, yeah, Bob, I'm a musician. Which uh, I, I play drums and I played drums all my life. I love drums. Anyway, here's the, the, the best sad part about that. Oh. He's 70 years old. 15 years younger than me, he lives down, he can hardly walk. 
Yeah. He walks. I mean, he is an old man. That's the man. thing. It's like when, when you can't do the man. things that you love to do. Yes. Because your health isn't there. Yes. You know the old saying, health is wealth? Yes, absolutely. I would say you're a very wealthy man. Good point. And every, every, if you don't have your health, you don't have your you don't wealth. Have I mean, wealth. you can be a millionaire and if you're sick and... and, yeah, and what are you going to do with it? Uh, right. 100%. Doesn't work. Yes. I agree. Have we got anything else for Bob? Are we good? We're good to wrap. Bob, I'll give you an opportunity. How's this? Since you've got two younger people here, is there anything that you'd like to maybe find out from us? Anything that makes you uh, want to ask questions about or even, even about what I'm doing or anything that maybe about me you want to know? Well, you know, you know my background real quick. The, the first thing, it's your age. I'm, are you interested in having children? You know, I'm absolutely interested in having children. And I think I wanted to just make sure I had the right things in place like being financially in a good position, being able to have an extra room for a baby, which we're, we're getting towards now. I think I was telling you a little bit earlier that we're looking at a place here in PV that we're right. buying. So yeah, we're absolutely ready. Um, now it's just up to the universe to give us a baby. All right, well, yes, no, yes. Don't, don't, I don't. I didn't like that first part where we're waiting for this and waiting for that. Do it now, the younger you are, the I better see. off you're and gonna be. And that's why I think we should have done it yes. a younger. And I say that, you got the four kids, you've seen pictures of them, um, and they will be the first to tell you how was your dad when we were youngsters? Well, there, there's no, no no messing around. There was, I mean, if we were out of line, we got, yeah. we, he, he put us in line. Uh, and the best example of that is um, tantrum. Tell, you know, did you have any tantrum? Never once in my life did any of my kids ever throw a te temper Amazing. tantrum. And we see these kids in the grocery store, I want this, and the parents, oh, please. Anyway, the point is, now that they're older, older, they're all adults and they all have their own children and stuff and they're in their 50s and 60s, now we're friends. In other words, growing up, there was no, they, that's what some parents want to do. They want to have, my, my, oh, my, my child, I want him to be my friend. You don't- Not at first. Exactly, not at all. Until they're at a later not point. Not until yeah. they're trained, and I say trained. I, yeah, I think I have a question for that. It's like a lot of millennials like us, so we're more millennials than young adults. We always, somehow get to this point in life where like, we want to have everything set before we can have family. Right. It's that fear. So what, what, yeah. It's that what fear of what, what that? would because we do. you moved to California. Well, it's his attitude. Home. It's his mindset, I would say. He, he had the but mindset. Like how, how, what can we do to help? Or like, what would you tell you know, the millennials that are so afraid of not having it together before have family? Because they regret after. But then it's too late because yes, you're old yes. and you cannot have kids. But that's too late. No, you just don't tell someone stuff like that. You just say, do it. I mean, in that particular case, that's the most important part of life. If you don't have children and don't procreate, we won't have a society in 20 years. You know, if all yes. the millennials say, hey, I'm not going to have any kids. The world's going to fall apart and falling apart in a handbag. Yes. And, and, and we grow up and there's no one here. There's no one here to... to um, no doctors, no no nurses, no electricians, uh, no one to drive taxi cabs, no one to put food on the uh, shelves in the grocery stores. You gotta have a, uh, an ongoing society. And if you're gonna, you gotta do it. I mean, gotta that, do that, it. That, that, having children, you gotta do it. Um, Anything else, Bob? No. <laughs> That's it? Thank you so much, Bob. I had a pleasure talking to you. A strong grip, I'm like a little, oof. <laughs> Before I go, you promised me you were going to show me you doing some pull-ups for the camera. Are you ready for that? Oh, absolutely. Okay, well, okay. we can get rid of the microphones. Yeah, just say bye. And uh, thank you, everybody, for checking out this episode. We're going to 
We're going to be right back with Bob doing some pull-ups. But also, if you have any questions on what we talked about today, do let us know so we can come back and ask Bob. Bob, thank you so much. Oh, you're welcome. My pleasure. I hope you enjoyed this conversation. I did. Yes, intriguing. That's great. I'm glad to hear it. Thank you, everybody. We'll see you next time. Thank you for checking out this show. I really appreciate your time, and I can't wait to hear from you. If you want to give me any feedback or want to get in touch, know someone that I should put on the show, reach out to me on Instagram, TikTok, LinkedIn, wherever you are online, you bet you can find me there. Just search for The Real Abinov. Thank you, and we'll see you next time.